1: Is this your son? It was my son, yes. Did your son pass away? He did. In that car accident? In
2: that car accident. I'm so sorry, ma'am. And you're trying to
1: revive the, the car? How did the accident happen? It was just a stupid accident. He was driving home and there was a curve. He overcorrected when he was staring and flipped the car. And he flew out the back. He wasn't wearing a seatbelt.
3: This is the plaintiff, Shannon Estevillo. She says she purchased a car from the defendant and is lucky to be alive. Her mechanic said the engine compartment was so rusted out, she's fortunate the engine didn't fall out and kill her. She feels she was ripped off by the defendant and is sewing him for the $1,600 she's owed. This is the defendant, Johnny Evans Marino. He says he knows nothing about any engine compartment rust. He sold this woman the car because she wanted to put the engine of her deceased sons in it. He sold her the car in good faith and he owes her nothing. He's accused of being a little rusty. All parties, please raise your right hand. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Million in our forum, the People's Court. People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is not presiding. Litigants have been sworn,
2: Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. All right, Ms. Estavillo, tell me what happened.
1: My son had crashed his car and totaled it, but the engine and the transmission were still good. So I was looking for another shell of a car that was the same year, same make as my son's to transfer the engine and the transmission into. I came across Johnny's ad in, on Facebook uh, Marketplace. He happened to have the exact same car I think it was a year newer, and I agreed to buy it. How much was he selling it for? I think originally it was 35 but he came down to 32 Okay. And my mechanic had spoken to him. Did your my mechanic, mechanic look at me, the car? No, no, no. The car was in New Jersey. I was in New York.
2: Okay. So did, your, did the, any mechanic, either yours or one in New Jersey, ever look at the car before you bought it? No. All right. So you buy it, and who fills out the bill of sale? I do. So this is actually your handwriting? Correct. And in it, it says $3,200 as is. You actually put in the words as is. I did. Okay, what does as is mean? As is means that you're
1: taking what you got, and that's
2: it. You get what you get, and and you you don't get upset, the way I tell my kids, right? You get what you get, and you don't get upset. Now, um, as it turns out, when your mechanic
1: does look at it, Uh, he has a few choice words for it, right? Can I say one thing before that? Yeah. When I arrived in Jersey to pick up the car, um, I explained to him what I was using it for and that rust was a big problem for me. And I, I noticed that- Why is rust a big problem for you in a way that it's not for everybody? Because it's a well, I thought it was for everybody. It is. A car that's, you know- So why did you uniquely mention it? Because I wanted to know that there was no rust on the car because I needed the car, I needed the shell. Is this your son? It was my son, yes. Did your son pass away? He did. In that car accident? In that car accident.
2: I'm so sorry, ma'am. And you're trying to revive the
1: the car? How did the accident happen? It was just a stupid accident. He was driving home and there was a curve. He overcorrected when he was steering and flipped the car and he flew out the back. He wasn't wearing a seatbelt and landed on his head. So he died instantly. All right, so you sell her the car
2: and does she ever ask you questions about rust, Mr. Evans Marino? I
4: don't recall her asking any questions about rust.
2: All right, so does she call you to complain that her, hey, my mechanic now is looking at it and says there's too much rust? Yes. And what does she say to you?
4: She said she wanted all her money back, right? So oh. then I was actually thinking about it because I was it was a it was a 1995 Ford Cobra Mustang. It was a special car. I bought the car to restore it, but my finances wasn't right, so I wound up selling it. I believe I was asking 4,200 for the car, and I sold it to her for 3,200. Okay. Um, she told me the story about her son. I really felt bad. It was like an emotional emotional situation when she when she told me that. You know, um, when she got it to her mechanic, I knew nothing about the rust. On um, um, uh, the motor mounts, it's called. Okay. So then she said her mechanic can fix it for five hundred.
2: Okay. Yeah. So I was even thinking about work. giving
4: her the five hundred, and then she came back with sixteen hundred.
2: Okay. So, so did said, she ask you, as you for five hundred?
4: She asked me for five hundred, back.
2: And did you agree to pay five hundred?
4: I said, let me see what I can do because my finances are. Uh,
2: so you did not agree not to pay. To pay the, 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 I'm sorry. Is that a yes or a no? Did you agree to pay the five hundred? It was sort of a yes, and then okay. I realized I
4: sold the car as is. And, and then you ghosted fixing her. The car.
2: And then you ghosted her. So tell me what you say to him when you were attempting to recoup some of your repair costs here, uh, Ms. SWU.
1: Well, it, before I brought the car back to New York, there were two areas of rust on the back window uh, passenger side. And so I actually tried to get him to reduce the price of the car even further. And he said, absolutely not. And I said, well, is this the only r- rust? there is. He said, yes, that's all there is. He did open up the hood. I did look in. I mean, it was dusk by then. I couldn't really see anything, but assured, I mean, I walked around it. There was only two parts that were rusted. I took the car. I drove the car back. It was probably six or seven o'clock at night to my mechanic, left it in his parking lot. And the next morning he called me and told me I was lucky to be alive, that the car was unsafe to drive, that there was um, underneath the the engine, the motor itself was completely rusted out. The bolts, everything that connects the motor and the transmission to the car, were rusted through. And he said he he does not recommend me driving it. And so I contacted Johnny immediately. I must have called him eight times and said, you know, this car is absolutely useless. I want my money back. And then in between that time. Johnny said, had said, um, he's going to try to resell it. He was sorry. He didn't know what I was talking about, blah, blah, blah. I went back on Facebook and I found a second mechanic who was actually a welder who looked at the car, listened to me and then said, Hey, I can fix the interior engine compartment for approximately 500. So I texted Johnny back and gave him this information And I did say approximately. I didn't say exactly. I said approximately 500. Well, all this is by text, so so I can see exactly what each of you said.
2: Um, Both of you want to pull it away from what was said. You want to pull it away to be to your benefit. He wants to pull it away to be to his benefit. Let's discuss that because, you know, typically speaking, an as-is sale is an as-is sale. Y'all know what as-is means. Buyer beware, inspect it all you want beforehand. So anything, anytime that somebody, that a seller says, okay, yeah, I'll give you some money back. It's just an empty promise unless, unless you rely to your detriment on the promise and expend money. If he says, all right, I'll settle it with you for 500 and then you expend money based on his promise, that's now a, a second contract for a judge to enforce. But if someone just says, I'll return 500 and says, "Nah, I change my mind today. I don't want to give you the 500. You're out of gas when they do that. You know, now your version is what that you said? What, Mr. Mer- uh, Evans Marino? I was
4: really thinking about giving the 500. And then I figured I dropped on the price already. So she wants to do that for to replace her son's car. So let her do it. And the point of if I drop if I if I went lower on the car, that extra money that I that I dropped off the car, you can invest that inside the car.
2: Let's actually talk about what was said between the two of you. I meant a guy on Facebook. This is from you. Ms. Sw, I meant a guy on Facebook who said he can fix it. If you refund to me the cost of the repair, approximately $500, then we will be even. You say to her, just seen the pictures, don't know what I'm looking at, but whatever. 500 that's cool. Give me a few days, perfect. Are you good with that? That being 500 Yes, very. Right. So... It sounds like you guys had it settled for 500. What happens then? Do you ever get the 500, Ms. SW?
1: No.
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.
2: I won't go away. Don't ignore me. Oh, don't worry. I'll hook you up, sweetie. I'll tell you what Thursday and then Thursday comes and goes and then you ghost her. Well, let me tell you, Mr. Evans Marino, in the text messages, you make it real clear that you're willing to settle for 500 and then you just ghost her. Why don't you send the 500?
4: Uh, I really don't have it right now.
2: Right. And you ended up you proved to me that you detrimentally relied on his promise to send you the 500 when he
1: promises. What do you do? The, I have a witness who is the mechanic I contacted on Facebook, he has repaired the car. It's cost 3200 in repairs. Okay, let's hear so, from
2: your witness. Let's go ahead and swear him in.
3: Sir, can I get you to raise your right hand, please? You solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God.
5: Yes, I do. Thank you, Your Honor. Okay, what's your name? My name is Gary DeMacy.
2: Okay, and you're uh, Ms. Estavillo's mechanic in restoring this car? Yes, I am. All right. So what percentage of the money that you're charging her for refurbishing the car, what percentage of that has to do with rust? Um,
5: (laughs) All of that has to do with the rust.
2: Right. Mr. Evans Marino, uh, are you under the impression that that the plaintiff's son was drag racing when this happened?
4: I have no idea.
2: Oh, because in your answer to the complaint, that's you what said that, that's, what, that's what I was
4: thinking, because
2: okay, she's to so be the Okay, there, that's, not, be okay that's not accurate. For the benefit of others listening, I wanted to know if that was a bit. Okay, so you have no idea. That was just a supposition on your part.
1: All right. Um, yeah. Ms. Estabillo, let me I ask. I just want to clarify one thing for yeah. everyone watching. If my son had been wearing his seatbelt, he'd be alive. I know. The only reason he died is because the car rolled, and he flew out the back window. Right. But for everyone, every kid that thinks they know better, if he wore a seatbelt, he'd be alive. Right. Right. And no, no drag racing. No, no he drag on his racing. Way home. No
2: drag racing. But if he wore a seatbelt, he would be alive. That's right. I'm so sorry for your loss, Ms. Estavillo. And, uh, Me and too. in particular, oh, I think all of us are. And, I, and in particular, you know, the fact that, um, I mean, any loss is horrible, but also that he that just he got served, back from Iraq, <laughs> that he served our country. I, I, I can't tell you how bad I feel for you and, and how grateful I am you know, for Thank the service you. that he. But let's talk about what we have in front of us, right? And what yes. I have in front of me is a case where I have to rule dispassionately based on the law, not on how I feel about you and your sacrifice and his sacrifice. So I have a case that is an as is sale. And as is means it's buyer beware. Um in this case, had nothing else happened, no further text between you guys and you were suing for your money back or you were suing for the repairs, you would be completely out of gas. I would just look you in the eye and say this isn't happening now. In this case, it didn't end there. There's back and forth between you two on the text. And then there's a promise by him to send you the five hundred dollars. And then he reiterates that like a month later. And you, based on that promise, go out and do certain things. To wit, you hire the gentleman I just heard from and and get him to do the repairs. You're counting on $500 coming in. You don't get to now say, hey, you need to pay all the repairs any more than you get to say you need to pay half the repairs. But I find that you do get to say you need to pay the $500 you promised. And that's unusual in an as-is case. But the reason that I'm doing it is because you have a very clear clear picture for me of, hey, I relied on his promise. I went out, I hired somebody, and now I owe the guy 3000 something I can't even get the car yet because I, I haven't paid him yet. So I am ordering you, Mr. Evans Marino, I am finding that discussion about will 500 settle it? Would, would that make you happy? Yes, very. To be a new contract that is enforceable because she relied on your representation and went out and got it fixed, you owe her $500 verdict for the plaintiff.
5: Okay. Thank you, Your Honor. So the plaintiff is going to get $500 from the defendant, Mr. Evans Marino. Let me ask you uh, you said okay when the judge announced her verdict. You seem to be okay with it. Is that right?
4: I am. I am. I really didn't want to pair. I really did. just some things came into my life that I couldn't handle and I moved to another state. And so,
5: whatever. She wins. All right. Well, Good enough. You're on the hook for it, and you have to pay it, and she will be getting it. Good enough, Miss Estevia. Let me let me ask you a very simple question. Now, number one, I I assume you're okay with that. You're going to get the five hundred dollars, right? You're you're satisfied?
1: I'm glad it's over.
5: Okay. Yes. What is your eventual goal for this car?
1: I'm going to sell it to to um somebody that appreciated it as much as my son.
5: Well, congratulations, you have prevailed in the case, and and good luck to you. Thank Hope you. You can sell it all right.
6: Okay, Doug, well, look, the plaintiff got $500 because that was the settlement, but you also have to understand this was an as-is sale. And that means even if there are problems with the car, if there's no settlement, it's pretty much tough luck for the buyer unless there's proof of fraud.
1: I signed a
2: contract to build a home and in the contract it specifically stated that the home will be completed within seven to eight months. We are on month 10 and they still have no set completion date and the house has damages. My first-year lease will expire in one month. Can I sue for rent since I will have to stay on a month-to-month basis until the house is finished?
7: Houses don't always get completed on time. And the people who are doing this work, though, they do this every day, kind of like a baseball team. They're out there doing it every day. And... Maybe Conce- not at
2: her house. That's the Maybe problem. Not at her house.
7: But what I mean is, they're prepared for these kinds of things, and virtually every contract, when a builder's going to build a house, is going to have mutual waivers of consequential damages, which is what this guy's looking for. I, consequently of the, from the delay, I've, I'm going to lose. I'm going to have to spend rent money. Consequential damages, liquidated damages, and delay. Damages for delay on either side because delay can be caused by so many different especially variables. Now it's insane, especially
2: right. during COVID, where right. materials aren't coming in on time, and yeah. um, you know that particular industry is stressed out right. in terms of costs personnel and costs are up, right. and you know it's like it's very different. Right. Uh, but even in in the before days, right uh, before COVID. Uh, you would, you know, construction you delays. What is this. that phrase yeah. you always say? Pick two. Yeah. Fast, cheap,
7: and good. Right. You two know? out of three. And, and, two out of three. And certainly you've got other variables like weather can cause delays. Uh, you've got labor shortages that can cause delays. You've got permitting and approvals that can cause delays. There's a lot of these variables that are not necessarily tightly controlled yeah. in the hands of one or both parties. So the short Sorry. answer is no way. Right. You, you, you're not uh, gonna you, get you gotta anymore. be prepared for, for this kind White of thing. the bullet, get ready to sleep on your friend's sofa or or, <laughs> or pay, <laughs> pay, pay your some to pay your month a month. Yeah. Probably, yeah.
2: You're lucky you can get a month to month. That's right.
3: This is the plaintiff, Tanika Wiggins. She says she booked a party hall for her son's second birthday bash. And the inept defendant double booked the room. When she showed up for the party, there was a different party in the room already. And she wants a refund of the $3,000 she's now out. This is the defendant, Royal LaRodin. He says he admits he made a terrible mistake and double booked his party room. But that didn't give the plaintiff the right to attack the other partygoers and to get into a physical altercation with them. He tried to do right by the plaintiff by refunding her money. But the woman wants him to now pay for plane tickets and he refuses. He's accused of
4: being a party pooper. All parties.
6: Please raise your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket. The plaintiff says she booked a venue for her daughter's second birthday, but the defendant double booked the room and now she wants a refund. The defendant says the woman attacked the other party guests. The cops were called and she's being unreasonable. It's the case of double trouble. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome.
2: Okay, Ms. Wiggins, what happened?
8: Um, Last year... November, I forget the exact day, I booked a party for my two-year-old son. He was turning two. Um, you know, this was the year of the pandemic. My kids are used to going out every weekend. Like we do a lot of outgoing activities, but they didn't do nothing all year. So I decided, you know, I could bring 25 people to this hall. I um, brought my mom a plane ticket, my niece a plane ticket, and I literally went all out. I would never usually spend that type of money, on a two-year-old's party because he will never remember it. But I just wanted It's not about them, is it? <laughs>
2: it's just really not about them, but go ahead. Yeah, right. So you went all out. And what happened?
8: What happened was when I arrived, there was, well, I brought my stuff there, but when I went back, I got a call from the person who was supposed to put the decorations up that um, there was a party going on. So I was, the first thing I assumed was maybe it was a party ending that stayed a little too long. Um, I, the father of my child gets there. He also tells me like, there's a whole party that just set up. Um, I get there, I go inside, I ask, um, you know, I understand they're frustrated at the other party.
2: Right. But, but wait, did, did you call the defendant? And I, I mean, when did you call the defendant and say, what's up?
8: Oh yeah. I called when my son's father told me like, yeah, there's definitely a party going on. So I called him. He said, he's gonna, I think he said he's gonna see what's going on or he. Admit I don't know if he admitted it at that moment that he did double book the party, you know, human error. Um, so I understood that. I went inside because I spent so much money on decorations at a bounce house. Um, I did go inside and I spoke to two older ladies. And I first asked them, you know, I'm so sorry for intruding your party. You no, know, it's aggravating because my now my party gets to going in the, you know, going back and forth. So I get it's frustrating for them. But I asked them, do you mind if I check around and make sure none of my belongings was left in here?
2: What were the belongings and, um, that were there? Nice.
8: Some of the decorations. I brought the bounce house there. I brought things.
2: But the bounce house wasn't set up or anything, was it?
8: No. Okay. No, it wasn't set up. Okay. But I just, you know, I rented this bounce house. So now I got to make sure I got all the little state things and every, you know, just my, I just want yeah, to Yeah, I got get it. All, so you sure go I'm in and you get your
2: stuff and what happens?
8: The mother of the birthday party that was going on, she comes from the back, very aggressive, very angry, tells me to get the F out. Um, I, you know, I respond to her saying, you know, I just want to find my things. I want to make sure none of my things are in here before I leave. And me and her ends up, you know, having words. So then now I'm already frustrated, but I wasn't trying to take it out on them because the other party did nothing. They did nothing but book the party like I did. It was right. The, um, so
1: what happened?
8: So we end up just exchanging words. I leave. She comes. She spits on the father of my son. Um, I go back inside the building. She she punches me. We end up. I was fighting four women at the same time. You were fi- my wait, 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 wait. This got, got
2: into a physical fight?
8: Oh, yeah. She, she came and spit. She spit at the, my son's father. She spit on him. So I I entered back in now I'm trying to defuse it and I get punched right in my face. Well, so who, now punched I'm trying to grab- who
2: punched you? Who uh, punched you? This is um, a party the, the two year old's gonna remember. Who punched you? Do you know or no?
8: The mother, the mother, the, the aggressive lady that came from the back. Okay. So um, it just ends up it was it happened so quick. Um, huh? All I know is I was attacked. I had just got my hair done. So I had three adult women pulling on the extensions. Um, It was my, my, my mom was like outside the the building, but she had my kids. So she didn't come inside, but she seen it and was trying to get other people to like come in and help, like to break it up. It ends up, my dad's a minister. His name's Willie Wiggins. He's a minister. He was attacked in the, during this going on. He was punched in the face multiple times. Did the Um, police come out? Yes. Yes, they did.
2: Yes, they do. Do you have a police report? I don't. Do has, you have a police report, know. Mr. Larraden? Um. So. Do
9: you have a police a, report? They wouldn't allow me to get the police report. Nobody has
2: a police review. report for me to see. No. Wow. No, okay, ma'am.
9: Mr. Larraden. Let me ask
2: you: What happened here? Just a, uh,
9: you double booked. You made a mistake and you double booked. Yeah. So I did make a mistake, and uh, one event overlapped another event.
2: What does overlapped mean?
9: So her event was was from four to eight, and the event before her was, was from two to six.
2: So two hours overlap. That's pretty big. I mean, what are pe- people aren't going to yeah. stick around without a party for two hours, yeah, right? So what but, happens? But, she but, calls you. You realize what you did, and what do you do?
9: So I call her. No, she calls me. So immediately, you know, I I, I apologize to her, and I you know, um, but she was swearing. She was erratic, cursing. She hung up the phone. I called her back again, and she was still swearing. At that same moment. The other party, they called me as well, and they were saying, hey, you know, um, we're getting ready to cut the cake. We don't mind leaving early. So right there had a solution. So I called her back a couple of times. She picked up. She was still erratic, swearing, and saying that she just wants her money back. Hung up the phone. Wait, so, did you, you know, ever get out,
2: moment. why don't you start, the, you know, they'll end their party an hour early, you start your party an hour late? I see, I
8: see, I see so she doesn't even
2: know that any, and do you have any proof that the other side, because if I'm the other side, I'm not going to end my party early. So do you have any proof that the other side had said that? No. Do you have affidavits from the other party people? No. Okay, so you speak to the other party people, obviously, and do they tell you that the, the physical altercations that happened, and whose fault do yeah, they yeah. say it was?
9: Well, they said that how she came in, um, asking them why are you why are you using my uh, event decorations, and they told her that uh, they were not using her event decorations because I, I believe her her party is for her son and their party is for uh, a girl, and they were like they're not even using her stuff. Anyway, make a long story short, she got really violent. She picked up a chair, she threw it at them, and she had two other people who were with her, and they. Beat up both husband and wife. They Um, even had swollen eyes shut. Who did? Both the husband and the wife. Of the
2: original, of the uh, earlier party? Do you have pictures of Uh, that? Did they send you text pictures or anything?
9: I don't have any of that. How
2: did you know that they had swollen eyes shut?
9: I was there. When I got there, the eyes shut. So you physically went over
2: there. All right, tell me what happens when you physically go over there, what happens? Is she still on the scene or no?
9: She left the scene. She wasn't even there anymore.
2: Were the police was
9: her there? Was there? Police was there. The fire department, her father, and her two two gentlemen that's from her party. And, so and, and the other people were still there. Okay. And the security guards was there.
2: So what time did all this happen?
9: It happened. It had to have happened between four and four thirty p.m. Because her her party was starting at four p.m.
2: All right. Um. So, Ms. Wiggins, um, wow. So, what'd you do about your son's
8: birthday? We didn't have a party. I was distraught. Um, it was my face that was actually—I was all swollen. My Do you have pictures? I have high cheekbones. I don't. I should have took pictures. I don't have pictures. I don't. Neither one of us. I we should have. I should have took pictures, but I did not. Um, I went in there very polite, and they were actually polite to me. The older ladies were very kind to me. They had like a princess party. I know their main colors were pink. I was having a construction party, orange and black. So I was very aware that they did not touch my decorations. Um, I just asked to make sure none of my decorations were left behind. Because the person, well, I just went don't understand decorated. how it
2: turned into a melee. Because all you got to do is quietly I mean, go get your stuff, right? But you don't need an, yeah, an entire platoon of people. I think what happened is life. there's the middle of a party, and then there's like 18 people walking in because your party and and it's supposed activities. to start, and yeah. the whole thing just got out of hand. But. Uh, So what ends up happening, Mr. Uh, Leverding? You got like one job, which is don't double book. Um, So, you know, but errors happen. Mistakes happen. So what ends up happening? Did you have to refund the money of the first party?
9: Yes, I had to refund their money.
2: And then we took their money back. Okay. And then I
9: offered offered to give uh, Tanika her her money back. And I was offering her that even from the phone and she wasn't having it. I, I even offered to let her start her party a little bit after.
8: Eight o'clock from t- to 12 o'clock, right?
2: You said that I can have a party. Eight o'clock from 8, 12 12 o- o- from eight o'clock to 12 o'clock? Yeah, my two-year-old's party. That's what he offered me. Is that, okay, offered stop. Me stop talking, Ms. Wiggins. It, Mr. Labradin, did you offer her five o'clock to eight o'clock or eight o'clock to 12 o'clock?
9: Offer her to start at five because they were willing to leave.
2: Okay, is that true or not true, Ms. Wiggins?
8: Ma'am, that doesn't even make sense. You know, we're both intelligent people. That doesn't make sense. No, it does make sense. That's four. why I'm
2: asking you, did he offer you to start no, at five? I wouldn't want that either because what my people who are supposed to be there for are all going to be standing there doing what for an hour. But did he oh. offer you at five? He asked, offered me from eight to 12. Eight p.m. to 12. Do you have the contract eight. with the other people? I have the
9: contract, but I didn't submit it to you guys. I have it right in front of my face, but I didn't You have it
2: in it. front of your face? Put it up to the camera. You yeah. I just want to see the contract. Their party was from two to six. Their party was not from two to eight. So uh, there's, I, don't, I doubt intensely anybody ever said to you, have a party from eight to 12. You yeah. can put it down. In any event, let's talk about what you're suing for. You're suing for the hall rental. Well, obviously. Um, you're suing for the bounce house that you didn't get to use or didn't get to use the way you intended you're suing for four hundred dollars in decorations and what you've shown as mm-hmm. proof of that is just a withdrawal for four hundred dollars but where's the receipt for the decorations
8: i don't have it
2: right well, i don't about have a picture the of the decorations
8: i i threw them well, away because they say happy second birthday keith and i just it made me mad every time i look at it i, I know i don't blame you <laughs>
2: but like but couldn't you couldn't you uh, i should
8: have i know i didn't cover my tracks at
2: all no but where did you buy them Online,
8: and I had... Well, then you should be able to
2: give me proof of having purchased them because you purchased them I, online.
8: It was two different. I had um, certain things from online, like the goodie bags was from online.
2: The um, Borda, it was like a... Yeah, bag. I don't want you to give me a, a, a rousing rendition. I want you to give me the proof that you bought it. So if I give you a, a little bit of time to get the proof that they were purchased online with a date that shows that you put and that is construction stuff for a second birthday, you'll be able to do that, right? Yes, ma'am. I can get some I'm gonna of I'm going to give you 24 hours to do that. And I'll leave that part of this judgment open. Some of
8: them. Some of them.
2: Well, the ones I you get me, I can, them. here's the thing. You got to be able to prove your damages in court. I can't just, you can't show me a withdrawal, set for 400 and say, I spent 400 on decoration. You have to actually prove to me what you spent. I'll give you 24 hours to submit proof of stuff, and it needs to be good proof. Okay, it needs to be either the receipt for the stuff, which you can get online if you bought online. And I better see your name on it and it better be construction stuff and it better have the right date. Let's put a pin in the decorations. Your hair. You're suing for your hair. No, we're done with the decorations. You're suing for your hair. $450 for your hair. You know, I can see you, right? I can see that you just rolled your eyes at me. Your hair. Why does he have to pay for your hair? It was pulled out my head. Right, but he didn't pull it off your head. Why doesn't the lady who pulled it off your head have to pay for your hair? Like, why does he have because to? Because
8: it, it was his fault that I was attacked because they were aggravated that we kept going in and out of their place. Okay, I, don't, so, I think that's
2: a little remote. I don't think he told those people, go attack her. I, I, so no, I that's think- not a compensable expense. Emotional distress is not a compensable expense. The bounce house, the food and the plane tickets are what we need to talk about. What happened with the food?
8: Everything was thrown away. I didn't have any party. I had nothing after that. I went home. I threw. I was crying. Like he said, I wasn't swearing. I was crying, having anxiety anxiety Um, I was very emotional. I was just, I was over with the day. I've okay. never been in a physical altercation a day in my life. That's the first time I've ever been in a phys- physical Good altercation. Lord. So I was over it.
2: What did you, did you ever say to him, I I, I want you to pay me X? And he said, no, I'm not going to pay you X? What did you ask him yes, to pay ma'am. you?
8: For everything I had receipts for. I asked him if he could just pay me for the things I had receipts How,
2: how much? For. What was the figure you asked him for? I don't
8: remember. Really, whatever I I submitted them to him. I, I understand. Have
2: Do you remember the figure, yes or no? You don't remember the figure?
8: No, ma'am.
2: Okay. Now, why should he pay for the plane tickets? Because your, your mom and your niece did get to come... Maybe this isn't what they expected to be at when they came.
8: I brought them only for the party. Only for the party. All
2: right, here is how I'm going to rule. First of all, you are entitled to the hall rental back, of course. You are also entitled to the bounce house back. Regardless of whether anybody ate the chicken wings, you're entitled to the food back back. Um, that's eight hundred and eighty-one dollars and eleven cents. I'm going to give you twenty-four hours to provide any proof you can online of you know from your online purchases. They should all be readily available. Uh, and typically, a judge will look at you and say, "Do you have them?" No, tough. You don't get any money. So I'm being very nice to you, giving you another twenty-four hours. Thank you. Okay. All Thank right. you. All right. That's all right. I just wanted to make sure. I'm sorry, darling. I know this had to have been awful for you. Well, even I don't if if you were the aggressor, that's horrible. If you're telling me you've never been in a fist fight, I kind of doubt it. Um, And and no matter what, this had to be a terrible, horrible day. And it's goodies, too. And he's not going to remember it. Um, And I hope that you made lemonade out of lemons for the rest of the weekend when your mom and your niece were there. I think the plane ticket's. Is not a foreseeable expense of a party that the that the hall guy should have to pay, um, so I'm not going to reimburse those. Um, the hair, no, um, and emotional distress. I even though I know it was emotionally distressing, you would have to show in order to get damages for that, like medical treatment, sleeplessness, you know, and and like a, a extreme outrageous conduct on his part, not. If, you know, if you were suing the other family, it'd be different. But you're, what's the bad that happened? The bad that happened that he's negligently booked two parties. He sure as heck didn't want to have to give everybody back their money on both parties and have this melee happen. That's, so he, his conduct isn't the kind of outrageous conduct that's so extreme that emotional distress has to be paid out by him. Um he didn't hit you he didn't you know like so it, it, that's not something you can claim against him so I'm ruling in your favor in the amount of $881.11 plus giving you 24 hours to prove up the the decorations uh if you can good luck
5: folks <laughs> So the plaintiff gets at least eight hundred eighty-one dollars uh, from the judge, maybe four hundred dollars or so more if she can prove it. Uh, that's a far cry from the three thousand dollars she wanted. Uh, Mr. Loretan, let me ask you about your reaction to uh, to the judge's decision. You got to give at least eight hundred eighty dollars back and maybe more. What do you think?
9: I believe the judge is an amazing individual. I don't feel that I owe eight hundred or more. Um, I do feel that if anything, I would owe a refund for her event not being able to take place um, because I did offer her an alternative, which would have allowed her to start an hour later, but it's it's her right to to have started at 4 p.m. So I feel that she does deserve a refund for the place that she booked.
5: Well, the judge disagrees with you. I can see how you feel. Has this ever happened to you before? You ever double booked parties like this and had that kind of reaction?
9: First time it ever happened. It never happened before. And I've been, uh, had maybe over 100, 200 events, and it's never taken place
5: before. Oh, that's a shame. Well, you can see what happens when you when you make a mistake. <laughs> it can get pretty bad. Uh, Ms. Wiggins, let yeah, me ma- ask you uh, how you feel about it. I know it was a an upsetting day. What happened to other people who were coming to the party and uh, was somebody Everybody there telling came. them it's been canceled? Everybody home?
8: showed up, and they all had to leave. Everybody came. I feel like I should have been entitled to $3,000, Um I know he wasn't the one who put his hands on me, but his, his, what he did caused that. You know, we, me and that other party would have never had that altercation had he didn't double book. But hey, the judge said what she said. I have to respect that.
5: All righty. Well, look, I think I'm sorry. Everybody's sorry. That's what happened. And uh, I know it caused you emotional distress, but, you know, unfortunately, you couldn't collect for that. Okay. You heard what the judge said. Get her that proof and maybe you'll get some more money as well. Good luck to you.
6: So, Doug, this is really an interesting case. The defendant clearly breached the contract, right, by double booking. But in terms of damages, you know, there are certain things that the plaintiff was entitled to, which the judge gave her. There are other things that are not foreseeable. The word foreseeable is critical, because if it's not foreseeable, the defendant's not responsible. So if there are unusual circumstances, let the other person know ahead of time.
7: Do you ever hear about current lawyers who were inspired to go into law from watching people's court when they were younger?
2: Yes, that actually happens uh, a couple of times a year and it's really? incredibly touching when it does. but someone'll either write or I'll run into you know some. Someone will stop me and say, You know, your wife went to law school, which is really very, very sweet. Does it make you
7: feel old? Like, I don't know, it, show some, that well, long?
2: It, it makes be... me feel old when they say something like, I used to watch it with my dearly departed grandmother. Right. Like, that Oh, my God. But was, like, I've I I been doing kid. this 20 something years, you know. <laughs> um, but no, it just makes me feel good. It really yeah. does. It makes me feel good when I'm part of someone's memories. Um, right. and And especially when I, you know, the idea that I could open the door to someone's. Uh, potential to inspire somebody. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah.
7: Absolutely. It, it, and
2: it's uh, a wonderful byproduct of being on television for this long.
7: Right. And and you still stay active with with your law school. I do.
2: I love right. mentoring, and I I uh, I'm active with my law school. I I interview for both my law school and their college, my kids' college. Right. right. Uh, I interview prospective students uh, for admission. Right. Um, and then at, you know I have the malady that I love them all. They're all. I just want to encourage all of them. And more room. (laughs) Yeah.
7: Let all these kids. Let
2: everybody in. Um, But yeah, yeah, uh, it is touching to hear that.
6: It's got to feel rewarding.
2: Yeah.